नमस्ते वन ऑफ द प्रिंसिपल चैलेंजेस इन लाइफ फॉर दोज हैव टर्न टू योगा स्पेशली कर्मी योगा इज वॉट शुड बी डन एंड वॉट शुड नॉट बी डन नाउ दिस इज अ वेरी बिग चैलेंज वी वी आर ऑफ एन टोल्ड दैट इट वॉज सो इजी फॉर अर्जुन टू हैव आस्ट कृष्णा but we should not forget that shri krishna took him through all the 18 chapters of the gita meaning thereby it is not such a simple easy answer gahano karmani gati because it's not just about the action but the states of consciousness the past the future everything is interwoven together so what shri krishna does is orients arjuna correctly and at the end he gives that great uh, mantra that whatever it is be in my state turn towards me mad bhavam mad gata take refuge in me and then surrender everything to me and i'll take care of whatever you are doing so even then he leaves a free choice so uh, the first sutra we get from there is that it is not so simple unless we have set our mind heart and vital in a tranquil state because god's voice now shri krishna is within we don't have to go to a battlefield and ask then some people try to read books and get an answer mother has said that especially when you are ready for spiritual life then one of the things that happens is that whatever your question is somewhere or the other you start getting answers somebody will tell you something a phrase or you'll open a book and you'll see something or a zamal kiran suddenly you read a newspaper and your eyes fall there because everything in the world starts drawing us closer to what is deep within us this is how life operates as such it operates so this is another way that we just um, pray concentrate mother has advised this and with full concentration we open a book particularly books which contain within them deep spiritual consciousness as the mother says like the gita synthesis of yoga of course savitri and prayers and meditation and then we read but instead of giving it a justification or explanation because that can also intervene between reading and understanding we try to reflect upon it go deep within it to see what exactly i am being told but this also is not uh, as easy as it seems because many things can come in between while it is okay to put oneself in a beautiful inner state calm inner state the desired self is always active which may interfere with the guidance some people try something else they put chits and you know pray to mother and pick up one it's also okay it it can work i mean it can work it may not work so all these things are there but the ultimate uh, i mean when mother and shobindo are there it's very easy you just write to them they are the first avatars who have written so elaborately on every issue of life so that's another place where if we read through their writings we will get a general drift of what is really expected of us in a given situation and one thing which is very clear is the attitude that part is repeatedly there more than an external list of do's and don'ts the attitude and the attitude should be such that we need to understand that certain things certain activities thoughts feelings will take us closer to the divine and certain attitudes activities thoughts and feelings will take us away so this is a very broad guidance so we have to see inside nobody else can tell us because what may be applicable at one point may not be applicable at another so 
we have to see what is bringing us closer to the contact the sign of that contact will be peace tranquility joy a sense of conviction that comes from truth on the other hand the sign that we are not in contact will be either excitement anger frustration depression confusion disturbances of various kind so these are the two broad indicators that which way am i going then of course ultimately the best is if one can get an inner guidance so about inner guidance shubindu writes in very beautifully the supreme will there is a chapter in um, synthesis of yoga and there is another chapter standards of conduct and spiritual freedom now why this problem comes because divine doesn't act according to a moral rule book if it did so it life would have been very simple <laughs> you have a list of do's and don'ts very often people say indian uh, thought is very complex we don't understand because it wants to hit on the target so it is not hovering around it wants to know and since the divine unfolding is different in different individuals and in the same individual in different stages of evolution in different states of consciousness so we can't confine the spiritual freedom of the infinite into some clear cut rule book of guidance that's what shirbindu said humorously when someone asked him he said oh rule book for life and he laughed at it because such a thing doesn't exist and yet we need to know because when we are asked to be obedient to the divine it means we need to know what the divine at any given point wants of us expects of us so uh we read a prayer today about how to perceive this divine guidance when mother was asked what is the state in which we can perceive she says no preferences and a state of equanimity now no preferences is a very interesting phenomenon i have myself dwelt a lot on this you know in the beginning that what does it mean no preferences so i saw that when i am saying no preferences i already have a list of things in my head unknowingly there are structures so i say no preferences but actually there are hidden biases and preferences but divine doesn't operate like that you know it's like uh, arjuna says i will obey whatever you say but he has preferences which are there ki this divine will never ask me to shoot an arrow this is something which he will never ask me to do so we have very hidden biases hidden preferences and to practice no preferences is very difficult but we have to do it equanimity meaning thereby you are not doing thinking of the result if i do this this may happen advantage calculation then it will not come so equanimity third is a state of inner peace because otherwise the voice of the divine will be muffled all the time then fourth is to awaken to revelation intuition inspiration which is again difficult it requires a basic quietude in the being and very often because it doesn't uh, the psychic doesn't operate the way our mind operates we know that you know even when it chooses circumstances of birth it is not based on uh, okay i will be very nice nice circumstances i'll have money my parents will be wealthy the psychic doesn't it may choose the most difficult circumstances if that is required for its growth and shubindu goes on to say it is better to err following the voice of the soul than to follow the so called practical wisdom of human being of humanity because it it leads us through strange ways look at socrates always used to follow his demon and where did it land him inside the jail and to <laughs> hemlock where he has to die he was you know 
and till the last moment he is asked to escape and he consults his inner voice and says no i have to go through this and i accept it now if you look at it it's most impractical thing even his closest disciples couldn't understand that why this is happening even christ even he has a doubt at one point of time why has thou forsaken me o lord why are you pushing me through this state look at shri arbindo in the jail he says for a moment i asked him that i have only wanted nothing selfish i have only wanted the good of the country and i wanted your protection till that time and where what is it i am here in the jail with the gallows and the uh, you know um, uh, hangman's noose right above my head and then shri krishna tells him wait and see so we have to understand that the divine guidance doesn't operate according to our idea of either good or bad this result that result it is something very different driven by the deep necessity of the soul to go through a certain adventure and evolve through it now it's a very huge platform on which any and everything so we have to but we have to still try to tune ourselves and uh, try as much as possible to listen to this divine guidance but before we do that there is something very important to understand again and again and shurbindo has said that in one of his letters why because this very often i see people speaking in same terms even gandhi ji used to uh, use the word divine guidance voice of my soul but it was the voice of conscience and shurbindo makes it very clear the voice of the soul is not the voice of the conscience voice of the conscience is based on a mental idea rule of what is right and wrong so he used to call it the voice of the soul but it was not a voice of the soul equally there are people who are driven by ambition and they may use the word voice of the soul but it's not voice of the soul the they feel an inner indication which is only justifying their ambition and other things so here comes this um, beautiful prayer june 27th 1913 thy voice is so modest impartial sublime in its patience and its mercy that it does not make itself heard with any authority so what are the characteristics of the divine voice it's modest impartial it's not only thinking of what will help me succeed but it is looking at the total picture of the creation that then only we can be impartial sublime in its patience it doesn't push its agenda and its mercy it forgives it's very it understand the human follies failings all this mercy that it does not make itself heard with any authority any potency of will it is like a cool soft and pure breeze just imagine how mother is comparing it with a suddenly a cool breeze soft breeze blows over us and leaves us tranquil and free it is like a crystalline murmur that imparts a note of harmony to a discordant concert so one thing which is characteristic of the divine working is it creates harmony it is tending towards harmony it is not the voice of division it is the voice of harmony voice of unity it wants to create something which will be harmonious the sign of a developed uh, spiritual being is that he has an instinctive love for harmony 
anything which is discordant, anything which is, you know, even mother has defined truth as supreme harmony. It is not just about one person, two persons. It takes into account everything else which is connected in our life. Only he, only for him who knows how to listen to that note, note. It's like, you know, all the tamasha is going on and suddenly there is a note. This note reminds me of two little things. One was when somebody told mother about the new age music and wanted her to listen to it. Look at the impartiality. Look at the absence of preference. Most of it will say, judge it. No, 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 it's only ragas and all this. What is this new age music? All nonsense. But she said, okay. So the music that was played was one of the Beatles music. She heard it. Then she said, there are a few notes here and there which indicate that they are open to the new consciousness. In all that, she could see the few notes. And one can see, even after all that anguish and cry is there. Then the disciples said, oh, would you like to listen more? He said, no, 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 it is enough. (laughs) I know it. (laughs) I know it now. And then she said something like, barbarians of the new world. They have broken through the limits of the mind. They are looking for something new, but they don't know. Still they belong to the new world, which is different from the old world paradigm. Another thing which reminds is that, you listen to all this, sometimes these bhajans, dancing, so much, you know, it's, it's a chaos, cacophony. But suddenly in between, you will hear a word like, Govinda, Krishna. It's like a note which suddenly comes and, as if like the sum of music behind like a note, suddenly it comes. And that is what is a little note in that whole cacophony. So, yes, I remember this in one of the songs. Very upbeat song. But it, there was a repetition of this word Govinda. I forgot in the song now. Govinda, like that it was coming. Now the rest of the song was all... Usual dancing stuff. But this particular note which used to come like a refrain used to give some kind of a different feeling. And the mother speaks of this, you know, in in certain movies, even certain sounds. So similarly, it is like a note. Look at it, it's not like a full music is blowing, but a note here and there. Only for him who knows how to listen to that note, how to breathe that breeze, it contains such a treasure of beauty. Another thing about it is, it, it will always want us to go towards beauty. Never towards something crude, ugly. Divine loves beauty and harmony. So it, that note is always towards beauty in action, beauty in thought, beauty in feelings, beauty in speech. A treasure of beauty and such a perfume of pure serenity and noble grandeur. There is in it a grandeur, after all divine, but noble grandeur. You know, there is a very interesting thing about this noble grandeur. Uh, have you seen the, uh, today only I was just sharing this with someone, this uh, flower delia. Any idea what is its name? There are many names mother has given to different types of dahlia. One of them is vanity. Okay. So vanity, she des- de- describes one of the forms of falsehood. 
दंभ आसुरी संपदा एनदर डेलिया शी डिफाइंस एज नोबिलिटी थर्ड वन शी डिफाइंस एज डिग्निटी इन डिग्निटी यू हैव मेंटल डिग्निटी साइकिक डिग्निटी इट विल नॉट स्टूप डाउन टू समथिंग विच इज लो बिकॉज इट्स अनबिकमिंग इट कैनॉट बी मीन बिकॉज इट्स इट इट हैज दैट सेंस ऑफ नोबिलिटी नाउ सी वैनिटी इज चेंज इन टू डिग्निटी एंड नोबिलिटी एंड देन देर इज ए रियल बिग डेलिया एंड इट्स नेम इज सुपर ह्यूमैनिटी जस्ट इमेजिन सो इट इज द the same thing which is you can actually see in this flower the transformation one which is showing off the other is noble grandeur super humanity it is noble it will not stoop to something low and ugly in thought or actions it it's impossible for it and that is the hallmark of a super humanity so that is what she is saying noble grandeur it's a wonderful word that all extravagant illusions vanish noble grandeur so all these extra vegan what divine is wanting me to do this take this route because you know this is the route i'll go and have success mother says if you ever judge the divine will by the results you will be misled and in the world as it is today you are likely to land up straight in the trap of the hostiles that divine gave me success very often shubindu says very often it is through the failures that the divine leads you and he says what if failure suits him better for his purpose ultimately what is the purpose not out the success but an inner evolution growth so pandavas failure somebody could write the story as failure story <laughs> even when they finally won the war till date people say they don't notice duryodhana's 100 faults like dhritarashtra till now they say oh why did arjuna kill karna abhimanyu is forgotten oh they cut off his head dronacharya these are the things you will hear people all that dropdis chiraran abhimanyu vad usurping the throne ambition lakshagre drowning them in the drowning bhima in the river attempts to murder what not the the game of dice all that is forgotten but you know you say krishna is a god see how karna was killed so this is the way we look at it this is one way to look at it but divine will doesn't act like that it doesn't want extravagance of illusions they the pandavas wouldn't have succeeded even when they have succeeded you they have carried with them the baggage till date so it is not an extravagance of illusions do this put your money at stake somebody used to ask wrote to sherbindo i believe you are a yogi i am going to put my money you please tell me which stock i should put my money at and you will get this much percentage share then sherbindo didn't reply he laughed so he actually increased the share amount and sherbindo said this is the kind of impressions people have and that all extravagant illusions vanish or are transformed into a joyful acceptance of the marvelous truth that has been glimpsed so extravagant illusions of success and joyful acceptance of what has been glimpsed if this is it then i accept it see this uh, yesterday only i was seeing uttar ramayana no where lakshman enters rama's chamber 
when he has said, if anybody comes, he'll get mirtu dand because Mahakal has come to tell him that time is over, but it's up to you. And then Durvasa sage appears, but look at it, Lakshmana glimpses. If I go and disturb Lord Rama, I have to accept death. If I don't, Ayudhya will be destroyed by the curse of the Rishi. So he goes and accepts. He says that I, I accept the Mrityu Dand. You don't have to worry, debate. But I had to tell you because Durvasa is standing outside, fuming and all. But look at how the divine will operates. While Lord Rama is being informed by Mahakal, Lakshmana has already been, the situations have been created for him to go through the Saryu and go back. So why should Lakshmana go first? Why? Because he is the Seshnag. He has to prepare the sage of the Lord. He has to come later on. So when you see it from the deeper angle, it is so interesting that he has to go and prepare. You know, okay, now Lakshmana will come. Mata Sita has already gone. So <laughs> it is so interesting when you look at it like this. So this is the prayer and indication that the, when we hear the divine will, we feel the voice, it may be contrary to everything that we wish and yet, it may contain in it the seeds which will take us towards the future and there is a joyful acceptance, a submission of whatever comes. So we read this prayer again, June 27th, 1913. Thy voice is so modest, impartial, sublime in its patience and its mercy that it does not make itself heard with any authority, any potency of will. It is like a cool, soft and pure breeze. It is like a crystalline murmur that imparts a note of harmony to a discordant concert. The discordant concert is our life, where everything is chaos. This introduces a note of harmony. Only for him who knows how to listen to that note. So one has to practice listening to it. One has to practice in a quietude and listen to that note. Tune oneself. How to breathe that breeze? It contains such a treasure of beauty and such a perfume of pure serenity and noble grandeur that all extravagant illusions vanish or are transformed into a joyful acceptance of the marvelous truth that has been glimpsed. Mother at one place says, if you surrender to the divine, all that is, somebody asks that, you know, if I have music and this and that capacity, if I surrender to the divine, will it vanish? She says, only that will vanish which is based on false. So if all these faculties were at the service of falsehood or they were not the true expression of your being, they'll be taken away. But all true truth of things will not only be preserved but aggrandized. Whatever is the truth of a being, either a capacity or faculty, that will be enriched and taken up to the heights, connected to the diviner possibility. So this is one of the things that happens is surrender. So joyful acceptance. Many things, we live in an extravagant world of illusions and we want the divine to subscribe to that. Divine doesn't subscribe. If we really call him, he will not subscribe. The last time Ravana had tried it, and it led to the destruction of Lanka. He wanted Lord Shiva to come. Shiva had granted the boon. Ever thought of the story like this? Shiva told him, okay, I will come. But what happens on the way? Lord Ganesha 
impelled by the divine shakti plays a trick so you have bedana dham bear ravana keeps the shivlingam because he has said don't keep it if you keep on the ground then i'll be there so he is impelled to give it to lord ganesha go for lagushanka when he comes back ganesh has kept it not technically it was not ravana's fault he did not keep it so what happened to the promise of shiva this is how shiva kept his promise entire lanka is destroyed because shiva gives moksha he came to lanka but wearing the face of rama because wearing the face of hanuman hanuman is who rudravatar literally he came to lanka but what did he do ravana was not ready so the entire extravagant illusions are demolished at the end ravana finds himself where he should be at the feet of the lord he literally came to lanka as rama and hanuman and made it his home actually because you know mata sita came to lanka made it her home even if for a short while but its stamp and touch is there so we can look at the same thing in a very different way ravana death is the story of conversion of an asura he becomes a bhakta of the lord it is not the story of victory of right over evil this is a very limited notion it's a still dualistic notion so the divine voice works this way it doesn't work to just outer success or to cater to our if we are still in that stage of evolution where we want divine to just do what we feel like then it's idly even to say that i want to hear the divine voice or might as well say i want to lead an ordinary life there are people when things don't go the way they want it to go they start complaining and grumbling that means one is not ready for yoga that means one has to go through many more experiences before one is ready but if we turn to the divine and say that i want to listen to you it means not only to the voice but to the command that it contains and that command has power when the divine speaks it may be a modest voice but it gives us the power and strength to change course or take a certain course that we are going through okay so we'll stop here namaste